And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hope you guys had a terrific weekend. Uh, great show today. I was joined by my good friend Aaron Bandler from Jewish Journal. It's always a good time talking to Aaron. We covered a lot. Uh, as always, we uh, we talked a lot about sports as well. Anytime Aaron's on, we, we spend at least half the show talking sports. And uh, look, we're not going to break from tradition just because there's a virus on. So... <laughs> Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Uh, before I get to Aaron, uh, guys, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or Spotify. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate it. And if you like what you're hearing and want to get involved, hit us up over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right, without further ado, here's my chat with Aaron Bandler. All right, guys, we're here with my good friend Aaron Bandler. Aaron, my brother, how you doing? Just trying to survive quarantine, man, one day at a time. How about yourself? Just hanging in there, doing a lot of yep. fishing, uh, doing a lot of hanging out at the house, um, cooking my ass off. I don't think I've cooked so much in my entire life. Uh, <laughs> I guess you don't realize well, you uh, how much you miss uh, going out. Yeah, definitely. Definitely don't take little things for granted anymore. Yeah, man. So, dude, look, before we get into the news of the day, uh, we always talk sports, uh, you and I do, to start off every podcast. Um, so everybody's, uh, I actually haven't seen it yet, uh, but everybody's talking about the new Chicago Bulls documentary um, about the Jordan years that came out on ESPN yesterday. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, it sparked up the dumbest debate in the history of the world, um, which I don't know if we've had on this show before, but just about everywhere else, not even sports-related shows, but everybody's talked about it. Who's better, Michael Jordan or LeBron James? Um, I think this is the dumbest debate ever. So let's just put it to bed right now. Who's the greatest of all time? Michael it's, Jordan, LeBron James. It's Michael Jordan. Like, I mean, there, I mean, there's really like the, the there's really no compelling argument to make LeBron the goat. You know, because if you think about it, LeBron was two miracle shots away from being one and eight, like from being a modern day Jerry West. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and people always like to say like, well. He's been on bad teams, and he's been. But he beat that 2016 Warriors team. You know, it's like okay, the like the the, the 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 bad teams I could kind of buy if you discount the the Miami Heat. I just the fact the Miami Heat lost to a 2011 Mavericks squad, which was a three seed team, and 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 LeBron played like shit all series, um, and I couldn't score on freaking JJ Barea. Yeah, man. Um, like, here, here's the deal, like. I mean, that Mavs team was a good team. Obviously, Dirk is an all-time great. Oh, yeah. But that was like, dude, that team was just Dirk. I mean, it literally was just Dirk, Dirk yeah. Nowitzki single-handedly dismantled the Miami Heat. Like, he had, like, his supporting cast was, you know, J.J. Barea, a 75-year-old Jason Kidd. Like, I'm a big Jason Kidd fan, yeah. but the dude was 40. <laughs> like, I mean, he was like an 8-8-a-game eight eight kind of guy. And, like, you know, they had Jason yeah. Terry coming off the bench. They had like an old ass Jerry Stackhouse coming off the bench. Like that was not a good team, and they dismantled LeBron James. Like exactly. that would never that would never happen to Michael Jordan. Never, not at all. 
as far as that Warriors team goes, it, it's it, what a lot of the lot of the bronze sexuals, as my friend I like to call them, is like they discount the fact that um, that Warriors team was really beat up in that series. Like Steph was basically playing on one leg because he had hurt his knee earlier in the playoffs, and that knee was not right when he when he came back. You know, Bogut got hurt in Game Five, which was which changed the series. Um, uh, it, Andre Iguodala hurt his back also in Game Five. That also changed the series. Um, so, you know, it, it, those and even despite all injuries, like it took, um, uh, it took LeBron advocating for what I think was a cheap suspension on Draymond Green to, to make it all happen for him. You know, so and even then, it 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 took, it took a last second shot from Kyrie Irving for for the Cavs to win. So. Yeah, I don't. I, I I do not buy that argument as a reason why LeBron is better than Jordan. Um, and, and I mean Jordan would have against a lot of Hall of Famers too, like you know Barkley, um, you know Stockton, Malone, you know, and and also the um the the Showtime Lakers, like they beat the Showtime Lakers in five games from their first championship. And I mentioned that '90s rules were a lot different than current than current rules. Like in '90s rules. Best basketball players could be a lot more physical. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, and also Jordan would never let it, Jordan never let it, would never let a series go seven games. Like he would always like end it at end it no later than six. Like and yeah, I don't like the argument just, uh, that I mean, yeah, like the people that say LeBron's the goat, they say oh he's a better leader, he's a better teammate, which like. He is like MJ was a dick. <laughs> like I get that. Yeah. I'd much rather be LeBron's teammate. He seems like a super good dude. You know, I'd much rather be LeBron's friend or neighbor than Michael Jordan. <laughs> like, of course, you know what I mean? I'd much rather go to church with LeBron, but like that doesn't make you the goat. And then like, I, I just don't like the argument that some people will make that, you know, the bulls didn't beat anybody. Like you said, they did like, dude, that jazz team was Really good. Like Carl Carl Malone's like what the first or second greatest power forward ever. John yeah. Stockton's probably the second greatest point guard ever. I mean, we're talking about elite, elite top ten players. You know, so it's like I just don't buy that, man. I don't buy it. But oh, not at yeah. all. Yeah, I'm I'm glad we're on the same page. Obviously, yeah. MJ is better than LeBron, dude. I got to hit you with a uh, a crazy fact that I just read for the first time today. Okay. Regarding our friend over on MSNBC. Brian Stelter. Wait, is is Stelter on oh, CNN? CNN. He's on CNN. CNN. Okay, yeah. never mind. Yeah. I I I get him confused. Um, Brian Stelter <laughs> is only thirty four years old. <laughs> oh, I did see that. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh my god, dude. dude how? I don't know, I'm, man. I I'm mean... thirty one. I'm thirty one. Brian Stelter looks like he could be my grandfather. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I you know I. I, I'm I'm 27, but but people think that I'm in my 30s, um. So I can I can sort of sympathize w- with Brian on, on that. Um, the problem is that Brian gives us bald guys a bad name. <laughs> but he, I mean, I'd guess like 49. Yeah. And if you yeah, told me I, he was like, if you told me he was 53, I'd believe you. I mean, yeah. It's not even 34. It's outrageous. Yeah. Also, uh. Since I since I did bring up Brian Stelter, we have to talk about uh, what he tweeted the other day real quick before we get into the real news. Uh, Stelter did take to Twitter to brag 
about crying himself to sleep, uh, thinking about our pre-coronavirus lives, crying and bragging about crying. Aaron, this is why leftists lose uh, places like Ohio. <laughs> yeah. Like, if look, I love you, man. But if you tweeted that you like cried yourself to sleep the other night, I would literally drive the three days to San Francisco just to beat your ass. <laughs> okay. Because that's 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 what friends yeah, are, it, and it, I would it, yeah. I would expect nothing less in return if the roles were reversed as well. Because that's what friends are for, man. That's what friends are for. Brian Stelter, man of the people crying himself to sleep. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, I, 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 I do empathize in the sense of that. It's like, yeah, like it, it, it's tough time for the country. You know, we all, we all miss our, our pre-coronavirus lives, you know, and, you know, and a lot of people have, have suffered enormously having, having lost loved ones to the virus. And so I, I can empathize with feeling frustration and grief. My main problem with it is that Brian Seltzer was like, I grab myself to sleep anyway. Here's here's a CNN link. Read my stuff, and that's where it's like, it's like, dude, come on, like that is not genuine. Like if you're, if you're gonna try and sell me on the fact that you're really emotional about this, do not then post a link and try to advertise for yourself. Like it, it, because then it just seems like a cynical ploy for clicks, you know. And and that is why no one trusts the media because. They feel like they're being lied to for ratings and clicks, and so, 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 so that was my main problem with 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 Stelter's tweet. Well put, well put. So let's talk yeah. about what's actually been going on the last few days. Um, yeah. patriotic Americans across the country have been protesting their state and local governments um, in large numbers. You saw, I think, three thousand cars and trucks. Uh, put Lansing, Michigan into a state of gridlock the other day. Yeah. Um, they called it uh, Operation Gridlock, protesting their ridiculous commie governor Whitmer's ridiculous arbitrary orders. Um, but look, people are just fed up, man. People are fed up. This simply can't go on much longer. Just, they can't. It's a matter of fact at this point. It can't. People are just going to go back to work. They're going to start ignoring these orders. And I just think the states have messed this one up big time. Um, if they would have, because people aren't really protesting the stay-at-home orders themselves, they're protesting the government overreach. They're protesting the yeah. fact that, you know, in California they're arresting people for taking a walk on the beach by themselves. They arrested that guy who was paddleboarding in the middle of the ocean, <laughs> which is like, yeah, I don't know yeah. how, unless you get bitten by a shark that was carrying the coronavirus, I, I don't see how you'd be exposed to coronavirus in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. But, like, it's, it's this ridiculous overreach that people are protesting. They're not protesting the social distancing itself. People are on board for, for social distancing. So I just think the states messed it up. If they, would have, if they would have been less strict, people wouldn't have rebelled. Like, people would be more okay with this for at least a longer period of time. But now that they're seeing that these state governments are becoming more and more authoritarian, it, it's speeding up the process uh, where where people are are rebelling against these orders, I just think they they played this one wrong from the onset. I agree. I I, I think part of it also is the fact that a lot of people are, are seeing goalposts shifted, post shifted. Like like when this all started, we were told that the main reason was because we didn't want to overwhelm the healthcare system. It's like okay, you know that's that's understandable. But 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 now we're seeing that the models. The models, which initially said that, that 2.2 million people could di- could die, were way off, like way off, like 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 
like not even close, not even remotely close to being true. Um, and people are like, well, that means social distancing work. It's like, well, yeah, but the models took social distancing into account. So, you know, now, and, and, and now we're seeing that our healthcare system is not being overwhelmed and it's not close to being, being overwhelmed. So that, that's why New York is like, New York, other states are giving away ventilators. Right. So, like, I think a general rule of thumb is when the facts on the ground change, you adjust your policy. But now it's like, well, we can't lift them because we don't want a second wave. You know, where it's like, well, like, newsflash, a second wave is going to happen regardless. You know, because we, we we don't have a vaccine. We don't have herd immunity yet. A second wave is inevitable. So, like, I'm not with the mind where it's like, we just kind of get out of the way and start to reach herd immunity. And we can do that while still protecting those who are most vulnerable. I mean, that's a conversation worth having, but, but, but because but the goalpost shifting, I think, is really pissing off a lot of people. And then you have the fact that, you know, as, you, as you said, like, arrest people on the beach, um, uh, or like in Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, like, she's banning garden seeds from being sold in stores. She's banning car seeds from being sold in stores. And she was like, well, it doesn't matter because it's snowing outside. And, and, and then she's, and, and now she's like, well, I may have to, I was going to go for the economy on May 1st. But now these, uh, these protesters are, are making me think otherwise, you know, um, which is really not a, <laughs> that's a terrible look. Um, but, but, and they have in New Jersey, um, there are drones being used to enforce these measures and, and, and drones that are drones that are from China, which is, which is like the ultimate police state move you can make. Um, I mean, and there's, I mean, just a side note on these Chinese made drones. I mean, I, I've read a few pieces. I don't know how true they are or not. I haven't dug too deep into it, but there's a serious concern um, regarding spying by the Chinese Communist Party through these drones. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I, I mean, be, between the goalpost shifting and the government overreach, it's government overreach. It's like, yeah, like, oh, oh well, it, and also, I feel like people aren't being heard. People who are struggling economically are not being heard. Because every time you bring it up, they're like, the, the pro-lockdown side's like, well, does, does that mean you want grandma to die just, just for another dollar? You know, it's like, no. It's I mean, people, there is a real human factor to economic suffering. Like, people... People who are impoverished are more, are, more, are more likely to commit suicide, for instance. You know, like yes. like if these this yes. is a fa- the economy is a major factor that needs to be discussed. Let's have that discussion of the best way forward. But you know, when people are just are just being told to shut up and take your you know and, and, and take your lockdown, peasant, it's just like people are are, are naturally going to rebel. Um, I mean, it, it's all a straw man, too. It is. I mean, like th- these protesters are not saying. We want to go to a Yankees game and then go hug Grandma. Yeah. Like, what? No, like they're not. No, they're, that's not. Nobody is saying this. I mean, nobody is advocating for packing movie theaters and then going shaking hands at a nursing home. It's like exactly. what? Like what? What argument? Like nobody's saying this. They they're just saying one, stop with the ridiculous communist government overreach. Two, we need to figure out how we're going to open up the economy. And neither one of those things are unreasonable at all. And, but, of course, the left is just fighting a straw man saying that, you know, I mean, they, they, can they stop with the whole you're trying to kill grandma thing? I mean, that, yeah, that's their go-to. Like, any, no any, time, 
anytime a Republican talks, the left says they're trying to kill grandma. I mean, like Paul Ryan yeah. says, oh, let's raise the age of Social Security from 65 to 66. <laughs> and yeah, the left says, yeah. he's trying to kill your grandparents. It's like, oh, my goodness. Like such a tired, worn out argument. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, seriously. It... You know, yeah. like what, one other aspect with with these protests, it, it, predictably enough, I, I should say. Even on the right, like anybody who suffers from uh, from Trump derangement syndrome, it has become like an insufferable government bootlicker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people that yeah. have fought for small government, fought against author- authoritarian governments their entire lives, are now bootlickers. Anytime Trump talks about the economy, really? It's like really like orange man bad. So you're a fan of tyrannical government now? It's like come on, people. Yeah. I- I mean, you're seeing people, yeah, I mean, like, Rick Wilson is probably the worst offender at that. Like, it, 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 he's always the one that, that probably used to, oh, you want grandma to die for the economy type uh, type nonsense. You know, Tom Nichols, same thing. Ken Rubin, like, she's been off her rocker for a couple of years now. She's full on insane, you know. Whereas, I, I, I think Rick Wilson and Tom Nichols are just, like, grifters. We're also both incredibly arrogant and smug, which is the oh, you're worst you're absolutely to... right. You're you're absolutely right, but it goes past guys like that. And we we mentioned this briefly before we started recording. Like I don't consider Tom Nichols, uh, you know, or Jen Rubin or Max Boot. Well, Max Boot says he's a leftist now. He doesn't even claim to be a conservative. But like yeah. those guys, I don't even view them as being on the right at all. Like I can't remember the last time Jen Rubin has has put forth anything remotely conservative in any way oh, i mean she's just, a while, she's, yeah. a, she's essentially a socialist at this point but yeah. it goes further than that guys who are solidly on the right who are constitutional conservatives guys like and i hate calling out people i like by name but somebody like david french uh over at the dispatch who i enjoy his podcast i've been reading his columns for years he's lost his mind like he's lost his yeah. mind here and like he wrote a piece in the dispatch defending the media Against Donald Trump. The media. (laughs) The media. Like, dude, David French, vote for whoever you want. I don't care. I do not care who David French votes for. I don't care if he votes for Trump or not. He lives in Tennessee. His vote does not matter. Okay? It's a throw. Whoever he votes for, it's a throwaway vote because we all know how Tennessee is going to vote. But he wrote an entire piece saying, well, yeah, the media has flaws, but... No, not but. The media does not have flaws. They are an evil, corrupt institution that needs to be burned to the ground and the earth salted where it once stood. Okay? Covington Catholic. Brett Kavanaugh's a gang rapist. Russian collusion. Impeachment. Net neutrality is going to kill your grandparents. Voting communism every step in the way. Supporting every single war ever. In sending people to Moscow to say we've seen the future and it works, covering up the Holocaust. Okay, these yeah. aren't flaws, and this is just that's just the New York Times. Okay, yeah. that's just the New York Times. These aren't flaws. This is an evil, corrupt institution. That they're not just flawed, and you can't defend the corporate press and their evil communism because orange man bad. It's like seeing something that, like David French is a constitutional lawyer. Okay, he's a brilliant guy. He's he knows better than this. It's just disappointing. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 it, he's become a lot. More, he's become almost unfollowable to me at this point because, you know, he, he is he is becoming like Max Boot in real time. And it's just crazy to think about like all of those years National Review. He wrote, he's writing columns about like, you know, 
I think that Mike Pence was too soft and went to celebrity in Indiana and how Hillary Clinton should have been guilty, um, should have been found guilty and for investigation, um, you know, stuff like that. It's like, it's like, yeah, like that's, that's some good stuff right there. You know, like when David French is right, like he is right. And, and yes, he, he is smart. And I used to think it was the guy where it's like, okay, you know, he has some bad takes, but I, I, I you know, it's thought provoking. Now it's just like all like orange man bad all the time. Like he was, he was prone peach. And I remember when that BuzzFeed story came out, the, the one that the one that suggested that he suborned perjury. Dear French was like, you know, having a wet dream, basically a, a real time on Twitter. And of course, that, that story ended up being wrong. And David French was one among, one among many people who had egg on his face. You know, um, but even despite that, he still held on to, to the impeachment fantasy throughout. Um, and of course, now it's, it's like that. The thing the media. And, and I think his exact words were, where the criticism is lazy and unwarranted because it's because it's on the consumer. Where it's like, it's like, well, the problem is that, like, yeah, I mean, like, certainly there is a consumer, like, you know, there is a consumer issue to an extent because a lot of media, just in general, is very clickbaity and, you know, a, a, a not very pertinent to to, uh, you know, our current issues, but. Um, the things that the media is actively lying to the people. Like, it's like, like they, they lied about Kavanaugh, with which David French, or David French was very in, solved in Kavanaugh's corner. And, you know, it was all the more disappointing that he would show up for the media. But as like I said, like, Covington kids, um, New York Times, you know, they covered up the Holocaust in the 30s. Then they shelled for, 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 for the Soviet Union. And to cover up like the forced starvation of of of, uh, of, pe- of peasants there, and they also shelled for Fidel Castro in the fifties, and were and, and basically indirectly led to his rise to power there. Um, and of course, today like they're shelling for for, for for the commies in China. Um, so like yeah, I mean like it's that is not a consumer issue. That is the media lying to its audience. That that's why when it comes to the enemy of the people. He's correct. I mean, austere religious scholar. That was six months ago. Yeah, that's oh yeah. Like, if you're defending the media, you're defending austere religious scholar. Yeah. Okay. Like, really, yeah. you're defending that, David French? Really? So, yeah. I, seriously, there's, I, there's no, no, no justification for that at all. Orange man, bad, Aaron. Orange, orange, orange man, man, bad. bad. <laughs> orange man, bad. Be- before I let you go, man, uh, I uh, I usually don't watch the NFL draft. Because it's kind of boring and really long and drawn out, and like you can just check the results the next morning. But I'm like yeah. super excited <laughs> to watch. Yeah. The NFL. Like I need, I'm starving for sports content so bad that I will watch every second of the NFL draft because it's the closest thing we've had to sports in a long time. So obviously, I'm a Steelers fan. You're a 49ers fan. Who you who you hoping that uh, the Niners get on Thursday? So I mean, right now I'm leaning heavily toward uh, Henry Ruggs, who, who's the other guy in Alabama, who's mainly because like a, the, the the one thing the Niners are lacking is a real burner um, at receiver. And after Tyreek Hill did to them the Super Bowl, I, I think Shanahan wants his own Tyreek Hill, yeah. um, someone who's supposed to talk off the defense. And I and and, and, also, and also the fact that that. Between Ruggs and Debo Samuel, like those, those are two guys that they can do gadget plays on too. 
And I think that's going to put, you know, add in the fact that you have George Kittle um, and, you know, they're going to have Jack McKinnon healthy this year, hopefully, who adds, who adds a passing game element to the run, uh, to their run game. Um, I think they're, I think having rugs would put a lot of stress on defenses. Um, and so, so that's, uh, that, that's what I'm hoping for. I don't know if it's going to uh, happen that way. I would be surprised if they traded back from 13 to 15 and then traded back again from 31 to the second round in third round. So, yeah, I mean, the thing is, um, you know, I think I think they will draft a receiver. Um, and, like, you guys did lose, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders. But, you know, and he's a really good player, but he's also, like, 33, yeah. 34. Like, he's only got yeah. another year or two left. Um, and he's not really a speed guy. And there are so many good wideouts in this draft. It's, like, ridiculous. It's, so, like, it, wherever, it's even, if, for sure. even if the Niners trade back, they're going to get, like, a starting quality wide receiver. Because there's so many good ones. And they're all, like, in the SEC. You know, they all know how to separate. They're playing against, like, you know, DBs that are going to be in the NFL (laughs) themselves, you know. So it's like all these SEC wideouts are, I mean, they're ready to come in and start day one. Yeah. And, you know, like, and I I mentioned this to you before the the show, but, like, you know, I don't think Jimmy G is ever going to be, like, a top five quarterback or anything, but I don't really get the hate. Like, he is good. Like, he is a very good, solid quarterback. And, like, he doesn't have a huge arm, but he can get the ball downfield. And he's, I mean, he hasn't had a deep threat. Like, he didn't have a deep threat exactly. last year. So, it's like, yeah, he's not, I mean, I mean, George Kittle's awesome, but he's, like, 275 pounds. I mean, like, he's not running yeah. a 4-3 down the field. You know what I mean? So, it's like, once, if they do get a speedster, I think you're going to see, you know, Jimmy G, you know, as more of a deep threat than, than he has been last year. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, they, I mean, they didn't throw deep a lot last year, mostly because they didn't really need to, you know, because between not running in that defense, like, you know, they don't need Jimmy to, to do a lot. Um, and of course people, people think it's a Super Bowl. Jimmy G overthrows Emmanuel Sanders. They think that, that oh, he's have a good deep, deep ball. So I, I, I was saying that was bad, but like throughout the year, like you, you would see him like make, make these deep passes to Kittle uh, and Emmanuel Sanders sometimes you know so like the like the arm is there you know um it's just a matter of of, of getting the real speech with the real deep threat you know which which has been lacking yeah for sure and the Steelers my Steelers don't even have a first round pick we traded our first round pick last year to Miami for Minka Fitzpatrick and uh I'm good with that worth it yeah <laughs> Minka is it's our first round pick yeah he might he might end up being the best safety in the league I mean, the dude is just all over the field. I mean, oh, you know, 70% of the planet's covered by water. The other 30% is covered by Minka Fitzpatrick. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that. I, I would agree. <laughs> He's our first round pick, so no, I'm good. I'm yeah, good. Aaron, uh, where can everybody follow you online, keep in touch with you, read all your stuff, and uh, all that good stuff, all the plugs? Um, so you read me at JewishJournal, JewishJournal.com. Um, and follow me on Twitter uh, at Bandler's Banter, also a Facebook page. Um, yeah, give, uh, give me a follow, read my stuff. It's quite good. Everybody, uh, it is quite good. You're one of the best uh, young writers in the country. I really Thank mean you. that. Yeah. And uh, everybody follow Aaron. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm going fishing right after this. <laughs> I'm Brady yeah. Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. Um, 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 um.